Well, I'm going to follow up by saying if they just shoveled a little bit on the rails, things would be a little bit smoother for everyone on that snow piercer, Dennis. <laughs> shoveling makes the world go round. Sh- shoveling driveways. But, uh, I do have another movie. Always... Um... <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, we, we are immature kids. If you don't know what we're talking about, we made a joke that uh, we, we talked about a couple episodes back about the movie Godmother. Uh, there was sexual windows with shoveling out dry. Oh, no, but uh, we didn't make the joke. We're not above. I'm that. sorry, sir. We're I got to correct you. We didn't make the joke. Disney made the joke. Disney made the comparison of sex and shoveling driveways. We just repeated it out all for you because we thought it was worth sharing. And it it was. <laughs> it, was yeah. and it totally was. It's the movie toasty show here for you. Dennis and Adam joke about orgasms and sweet movie reviews. We talk about TV too, right? I, I think so. Yeah. 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 Movie toast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 75. 70, 75. We are going to call this 76, but this is episode 75. I only say that because last week we gave you guys an awesome brand spanking new Toasty Talk posted to our YouTube channel. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. This is Movie Toaster Genesis, and of course, got my my bud here, Movie Toaster Adam. Wasn't that an awesome Toasty Talk, man? Wasn't that right. great? Hey, 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 Dennis, Dennis, calm down here, man. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to say that we purposely skipped an episode to put on a toasty talk? Is is that what you're doing here? Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. We, we that, did that on purpose. Dennis. We're going to we're going to be honest with these fine folks that listen. All right. We okay. tried recording last Sunday, but I'm like, hey, man, do you mind recording it this time? And we got our our, our why we, we kind of fucked up our we we, we, yeah. we we had miscommunication. We decided, fuck it, we'll record another day. And then then that day shit got fucked up and uh, we, we had a video sitting around. So we figured let's let's premiere it. We made we made an uh oh. And uh, yeah, a series of uh ohs after another. <laughs> we tried recording it. It went downhill. I tried editing. That didn't work. So instead, we gave you an unplanned but awesome premiere of the first story to talk. Gotta say, I, I I love the I love the look of the the cut there, man. I, it's this is a yeah. fun chance for you guys just to kind of get to see what what it's like hanging out with us. This is this is us interviewing uh, our friends, other people we like to chat with movies about, you know. And really, just to give you another chance at knowing who we are. Yeah, outside and I of like Harry Arnold a puppet. Yeah, the, he, that he does. It's completely he different. has many faces. Adam wears many hats. Sometimes it's not a hat; it's a puppet. And and sometimes it's a COVID mask. I always get different masks every this day. This is true. I get like fourteen different masks. People are always like, "What are you wearing?" I don't know what that has to do with podcasting, but, but um, you get cool yeah, no, masks. It, it's it's really fun to see. We shot these toasty talks like a year ago. And we just haven't had a chance to make them fun or interesting. And our editor, our video editor, Nate, just knocked them out of the park with creativity. And I'm so happy we waited. Oh, man, I love Toasty Talk now. Oh, yeah. No, this this is a great uh, it's a great segment. And it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's I I like that we're getting to show you another side of movie toast humor. This is just another side of our flavor, I guess. Another the other side of the toast, so to speak. It's still the same golden brown deliciousness. It's, the it's just the other. Side. Okay, 
maybe that's maybe you butter both sides. Maybe it's like restaurant style, you know, where they all get stacked up. So you okay. get the butter from the last slice. Weird. It's kind of buttering up the bottom of the next slice, you know. So it's a. Oh God, I it's fun to talk to people that aren't just you and I talking about movies. It's it's interesting getting other people because like that that episode we premiered was my brother, and I thought I knew a lot about him, and it's like, oh wow, you learn more about people that you didn't know before. You still, yeah, isn't that fun? It, especially I I uh, love doing the rapid fire stuff and just seeing what people's like gut reaction sometimes in my head I'm, I'm thinking i'm thinking you're gonna say one thing and then they say something completely different and that's it's uh-huh. fun to see uh where that goes and if you guys don't know what we're talking about guys we're talking about our new youtube series called tosi talk so uh if you go to youtube.com search for us we're movie toast news and reviews on youtube or just uh, search tosi talk you'll probably find it uh we're, we're interviewing people like dennis said and if you want to be on a segment we're planning season two right now uh we'd love to get some people so you can get at us on twitter or whatnot at movie underscore toast and let us know hey i want to do an interview with you guys and we'll be like maybe that'd be cool i don't know you might be a cool kid we would, we would love to chat with you we'd love to have you on the show tell us why you would be an interesting interview and uh hit us up you know the platforms we we dish them out at the end of the show hit us up on twitter facebook instagram <laughs> movie underscore toast we are there. Also over there, we got some polls. I heard the 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 word around Damn, the toaster. Your segue game is getting so much better, Dennis. It's getting <laughs> stale. As yes, we have a book. couple of polls. I I put out there which of these movies would you prefer to see get reviewed this week? Out of Coming to America, the new one with the two in the middle, not to America like the original one, which was reviewed on last week's last episode, by the way. Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, SpongeBob three because I didn't have a lot of room. It's SpongeBob, Sponge on the Run, and Boss Level. Dennis, where would your vote go if you only got one? If if I wanted to hear someone else review it, so I didn't have to pay money to hear it, Raya and the Last Dragon. That would be. It's just because that's the one I'm I'm okay. very very excited for, but I just don't know about that premium fee, buddy. That's where I cast Fair my enough. vote. What about you? Just between the one among all those. All right, so if I wasn't the one doing this, I'd say um, SpongeBob because I'm like I don't know because right now you can pay twenty or thirty dollars to rent it, or you can sign up for uh, Paramount Plus, and I'm like eh, I literally wasn't sure if I wanted to sign up or not, mm. so I'd, I'd go SpongeBob because I love the first one and I did not like the second one, and this third one just looks I don't know. it looks weird. So it'd be SpongeBob for me. <laughs> okay, okay. So to our surprise, both those movies we, we listed got zero percent. So it comes <laughs> down to boss level and. Coming to America. I think number yeah. one's coming to America. So uh, 20% went to, yeah, 80% is coming to America. Yeah. 20% is boss level. And uh, I still really wanted to know. Nope. You know what? I'm not even going to talk about that because I deleted it because we didn't get so many reviews. So moving on to the next one, boss level, I did review. Uh, so I wanted to know what people's uh, favorite time loop movie was out of the following. Ooh. Roundhog Day. Classic. Edge of Tomorrow, or as some people oh. like to call it, Live, Die, Repeat. Yes. Happy Death Day. <laughs> and one of our favorites, Palm Springs. Oh, yeah. So this was a 50-50 oh. situation again. Interesting. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, if I had to guess. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So also, so we, we both gave glowing reviews to Palm Springs and our very first commentary track was for Groundhog Day. Yes. And I, I got to tell. If you haven't, you can look up in the archives. 
Oh, please do. Please do. It, it is great. It does. You can um, watch it alongside with with us, the movie toasters, and give our silly little commentary. We've all seen Groundhog's Day once, twice. Maybe we saw it mm-hmm. every single day. God, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but watch Which it alongside with us. We did it in the beginning of the pandemic, so we were all in lockdown. It oh, was fun. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it, so, it is uh, a fun what, time. What would you think, Scott? Uh, I just got to throw some props out. If you had two votes there. Two votes. Well, guessing from the viewers and our our, our fan base here, I think it's split between (laughs) Groundhog Day and Palm Springs. That's that's me guess. I will say you got one right and one wrong. Oh, damn it. Uh, I didn't know you you were. Do you want to reassess and guess which one? It's not Palm Springs, then. Or I'll take that. The hard facts. Now, give me the hard facts of life, my friend. Okay. I can take it. Well, 0% went to Happy Death Day. Figured. <laughs> 0% went to Groundhog Day. Oh! Which uh, I was very shocked by. I thought, oh. thought, thought Groundhog's Day would sweep. Yeah! Palm Springs and Edge of Tomorrow. I don't know you at I, all. Which I'm shocked by, and I, I, I agree. Wow, toasters. I'm... <laughs> You you think very little of our audience apparently. No, apparently I yeah, I guess so. I I let you guys down. <laughs> this is man. I I, I would have voted the same as you cuz you're like you got a classic and you got a brand new one. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, I, it shocked me as well. I think they're both comparable, but then they they both have their own merits to make them good movies individually. Where I can understand the natural comparison, but they both split off in their own realm so well. They both live their own lives very, very well that one doesn't outdo the other. You could watch both in, in the same night, and I think that would be a fun movie night. The other's not so much. That's a very different the way. The fact is they're so unique and so different. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> so uh, I also did watch Raya and the Last Dragon. Awesome. And so I wanted to know out of the past 10 years, what people's favorite Disney animation film was. Not Pixar, just Disney. So I gave the following flicks. Frozen, Moana, Big Hero 6, and Zootopia. Oh, ooh, fuck. Um, yeah. I got to fess up. I've only seen half of these films. Frozen and Moana <laughs> are the two I have Fair seen. Enough. The first time viewing each of them, I was like, I, I totally get it. All right. That's fantastic. But between the two, I... I'm not sure. You know, Moana. I Moana. I think resonated a little stronger with me. But uh, what about you? Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, for me, yeah, it, it's a tough call between Big Hero Six and Zootopia. I really like both of those films. Jason Bateman brought the fox character to life in Zootopia, <laughs> and it was just a cute, adorable film. And Big Hero Six was a great comic book adaptation. I say without reading the comic book, but it was a fun family wholesome film and and baymax is just such a cute character um so i guess i would say a big hero six i'd vote for nice okay okay but um i'm gonna go add that one to my queue actually fortunately <laughs> the audience says fuck big hero six. oh 25 we have a 25 split here uh zootopia and frozen Moana okay. swept it because people love that. Yeah. I heard one of the Moana songs playing at a gas station the other day, and boy, was I like, fuck, that's a good song, man. They get great music. Right? I might not love the movie as much as others, but I did dig the music. They they wrote some catchy damn yeah, songs was, for that movie. Like, nah. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna get this party started. What do you think? That sounded weird. Get this party started, I said. Well, like why, as I push my glasses up, why don't we go ahead and begin the festivities? 
with your first review. So as you could tell in my polls I put out there, I watched a little movie called Boss Level. So I got a uh, invite to the digital premiere, and I said, fuck it, I'm going. I'm I'm clicking the link. I'm a boss. And I clicked that link the other night, Dennis, days before the movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I had some clout, man. And you got to say, what organization you work for? I type movie toast in, oh. and they gave me a goddamn link. So Hell I know yeah. they did not check that out at all, because we're nobodies. <laughs> So Boss Level stars Frank Grillo, a badass in all the movies he, he does. He's stuck in a time loop, and the day that he's stuck in, he's getting assassinated. There's a whole bunch of assassins after him. There's like six different groups of assassins, Jeez. and his day starts off the same way. He can always get to a certain point, and like there's specific different people here, and he doesn't know why the fuck he's being attacked, and he's trying to figure out what happened, and we pick up in the movie where he's in like day like 187 of this. So Damn. he's literally just rolling through the motions. He's like, you get a voiceover. Like he's in bed with a, a lady. She's half naked. And then like someone comes in his house there. They're trying to kill him. And it, it's very elaborate. It is. It is a great way to start a movie. And then they show other days. They bounce back to the first day it happened in this day. And like, he still even fucks things up, but it's just him now owning that. But then after, maybe 200 days, he gets a phone call from the one person he really did not expect to get a phone call from. He thought the love of his life was killed before all this happened, but he finds out she was alive at a certain point and she wants his help to stay alive. And that is someone played by Naomi Watts. Um, we find out through all the flashbacks and whatnot, she's kind of working at this laboratory and like, she's playing with time and space. Oh, and it's very bad. Okay. And, uh, we find out that Frank Grillo kind of kind of learns a little bit about this. And the boss of, of Naomi Watts is played by Mel Gibson, and he doesn't like this. So him and his lackey, played by Will Sasso, which I love <laughs> Will Sasso. He's a fun guy. But in this movie, he's, he's just a brooding, rough, tough guy. So, but it's interesting because he, he is pretty menacing. <laughs> um, and like we got Ken John in here. It has a pretty great cast. Fucking... It has uh, Rob Garbowski or whoever the football. There's there's like celebrity. Right. There's like athletes the in this movie playing assassins. The... It's weird. It's odd. Yes, Gronk is That's in there. That's weird. Okay. He was a part of the Q&A after. <laughs> okay. It was, it was very odd. Of course, I had no clue who the fuck the guy was. I, the only thing I know, and, I grew, and I'm from fucking New England, man. I'm, I'm 15 minutes away from Gillette Stadium. I don't know who this guy is. I only know him because of the episode he was in Family Guy playing himself. Oh. I'm like, oh, no, it's okay. Guy. You don't have to worry about him going around there anymore because he's a buccaneer. So that's <laughs> He moved to Florida. Okay, cool. Did he follow his boy uh, Tom yep. Brady? Ah, oh, boy. I don't know nothing about sports. I'm shocked I pulled that one out. It's a cool setup. It's a cool premise but it falls flat for me. Oh, no. It's like, I don't fully believe all this stuff. Like, it's like Frank Grillo, I love, he's a rough, tough guy in like a lot of movies, but this, I don't know if it's the fact that it's like the character is worn down and he doesn't care, but it just looks like he, he's having fun. Even when he's doing action, he's just having fun. Like, you can tell he's trying to do a, a tough guy face, but it looks like he's just holding back a smile the whole film. And I'm like, I don't like this. And really? like, like I said, Mel Gibson is kind of vague. Will Sasso's giving this, like, I don't know. I just feel like people, there's a great cast, but they're not giving their full. Potential. Are they all like trying a weird the, direction? The writer and director of this, Joe Carney. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you out. No, no, I, I want you to ask. 
Mel Gibson is the only one here that I'm like, yes, I believe him. He's an evil okay. fuck. The <laughs> cool. beard drew me into his evilness. Man. Did the, be- the beard coming back. The beard sucked me in, man, again for the third time. <laughs> and I can't get enough of it. But um, yeah, even Naomi Watts, who's a fantastic actress, I just felt like didn't didn't deliver for wow. me. And like all these other people, it's like, no, it's just not hitting. The trailer hooked me. And I've been waiting for like a year and a half, two years for this movie since I heard about the premise because I love Joe Carnahan. I always enjoy watching a Frank Grillo action movie, but it just. Oh, yeah. Do oh, damn. That's some... I'm going to give boss level one and a half slices of toast. So if, if you want to watch it, I would love to see your take on it. Maybe you convince me to go back and rewatch it and I can. up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I because I, I too watched the trailer and it, it hooked me immediately. I was completely sold on it. And it just gave me like the uh, the kind of hardcore Henry vibes. I just liked this. I, I sometimes I just like the really over the top, endless action, just the sea of nonstop chaos. I don't expect it to be high quality storytelling, but I expect to be wowed by what you're putting on the screen. And I want there to be at least a one or two impressive twists and turns to to shock me coming around a corner. That, that That's my issue right there, I think. But I will say, if you're looking at it from that point of view, I think it will wow you. Like there's cool scenes where like one scene you see his head get cut off <laughs> by a katana <laughs> while he's on an escalator and the head just falls down the escalator and it's hilarious <laughs> and there are unique kills so fuck it man i think i really gotta go back and watch this movie and, and give you a an awake adam review of it sometime but yeah so okay. i i was looking at it in the wrong frame i think so if I, i'm gonna go back and watch it in your frame and i might like it more i think but something still but something still spoke to you about that and when you were describing the characters that didn't sit well with me you know that sounds like oh that's not who i want to see i i still am gonna give it a shot but not, yeah. But something, to, but I'll consider, you know, I'll consider your review while watching it too. I, I'm, I'm intrigued now to go into it with this, with this lens. Can you dig, dig me out of this hole and maybe give us something else, a uh, different take? I'm pretty something? sure I can. I'm uh, did another venture down the watch list lane and uh, picked up another one that, again, uh, wife and I just missed out on. We wanted to do another movie night of. We should have seen this sooner. And uh, we picked Snowpiercer from 2013. Ooh, yes. The Chris Evans epic film directed by the now very famous Bong Joon-ho of Parasite and host fame. This is a story in the genre that I really like of this post-apocalyptic world that has a very set society and structure. And we get painted this very vivid picture of how how everything works. And I love these types of movies. I was excited getting into it already. And I, it sunk its teeth in so fast. I was in it and it wastes no time. We, we jump right into the story of all of civilization and all of the human beings known to man that are left are on this unstoppable train that is circling the planet. Now, as that ridiculous as that sounds, this is uh, a vessel that was crafted well before this, uh, catastrophic event that it was a result of essentially global warming. In a last-ditch effort to try to save humanity, a chemical was released into the upper atmosphere that then created a new ice age. The person who was creating this was the equivalent of a luxury liner that is going to be on rails also happened to lean into the events that were unfolding, which really, in hindsight, it's like, oh, maybe we had, a, we had some clue as to what was going to happen next. And then the creator of the train himself even says he saw this coming, but that's getting ahead of things. So we have this incredible train that is fueled by the ice that it, that is 
grows over the track. It gets sucked up into the engine, which gets boiled and turned into the water that they drink. So they have this almost perfect society, like this uh, closed ecosystem on a track that it takes 365 days for you to do one complete rotation. So that is like how they're keeping track of time. Chris Evans plays one of the members living at the tail end of the train, treated as human garbage. These are the people who were allowed to board the train in the final moments before the freeze, purely to save them. This was a gift to them. The fact that you're even here is a blessing. And we we treat the front end of the car with an almost... Uh, religious reverence. There is a divinity to the name Wilford, which is the name of the guy who created the train. Everyone's living on top of each other. It's it's cramped. It's dirty. It doesn't look like they get clean water. There isn't food. You get protein cubes, which are God knows what. And then you find out this is only a recent improvement. It actually used to be worse on the train. We We are on the cusp of revolution. We are about to make our push to the front of the train. We're going to fight to take the train over. We've attempted it before in the past. We've been riding this train for 17 years and we've had enough. Chris Evans' character himself boarded the train as a 17-year-old man, suffering through horrible, horrible events, witnessing cannibalism and people sat literally sacrificing life and limb for another. And they're constantly getting uh, treated like shit, people getting executed, we even witness, uh, because of someone's one passenger's transgression, a form of corporal punishment is there are holes that go down the sides, sides of the train. Yeah. They unscrew one of these caps, stick his uh, this passenger's arm through the hole for an allotted number of minutes for how much punish for whatever the punishment was. When they pull it out, it is frozen solid. They smash it with a sledgehammer. That's enough. Now we're making our fight. And the film shows the the epic battle as they push from car to car all the way to the front end of the train, only to find out Mm -hmm. some shocking revelations. It was satisfying. I'll be honest, you you probably might have guessed some of these things coming up, but I can tell you, you wouldn't guess how they play out. Like, I had a fantastic time watching this film, and it is an epic ride on Snowpiercer. That is for sure. I viewed it on Netflix myself. I'm going to give Snowpiercer a solid three slices. You know what? No, no, no. I'm giving it three and a half slices. This was a really uh, awesome. That's yeah, like this it. was a really awesome action adventure drama. It is all of these things tightly rolled into one. They did an awesome job of showing a bunch of different cultures and societies compressed into one tiny little space. And trying to imagine what this of mm-hmm. this particular post-apocalyptic world would be like, awesome exercise in in trying to cram it into this place. Yeah, the whole, just great film, great film. I you got another Snowpiercer fan? Oh, I might yeah. have to track down that series now. All right, sorry, Javis. Um, hey everyone, sorry about breaking it. <laughs> and there we go, messing it up again. Oh, no, we're right. just we're just trying to tell you guys. So there, there was a little a hiccup, a little battery shortage. We had to change locations. So the audio may sound a little different to you folks, but I swear it's the same day. We're still recording the same episode. It's just, it just might be a tiny different, but don't worry. It's still the same one. Yeah, it's going to sound different because I'm not in a car. He's in. And I'm going to be talking probably lower because I realized when I listen, I'm, I, I'm out of my habitat, which is outdoors. Um, 
when I wear headphones, I know I talk loud, so I'm going to try to talk a little lower. So I do apologize. It's going to sound different right now, but uh, we're going to we're going to power through it. We're going to be OK, I think. That's a 10 minutes. He's going to try to be. Yeah, he's going to try to be an indoor cat, folks. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Now to to, to try to lift us back out, um, the Snowpiercer dug us out of that boss level size hole. You dug us. What a, what a, what do you got to follow up after those first two? I just watched the new Disney animation movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. <sighs> and Woo-hoo, I think it's awesome. Raya. I don't know why I said Raya. So fuck right. me, guys. I know I fucked it up. But uh, yeah, so this is, this is a movie that is dual release. You can get premium access to it on Disney Plus for 30 bucks. Uh, or you can wait. It, it's going to be on Disney Plus, I think, in June, June 10th or something like that. Or you can go to the movie theater and see it. But I know a lot of movie theaters are closed, so it's kind of a weird situation. But needless to say, it had to be reviewed, so it is getting reviewed. Um, this movie is about there there was peace because there were dragons taking care of things, and then these creatures, oh. this force just kind of started coming to town and destroying stuff and turning people into stone and whatnot. So the dragons put all their power into this one orb. The orb went to one place. All the dragons, but one dragon still survives. And that dragon had the orb, but then humans got the orb. And there's a bunch of different villages or lands in this world. And everyone was divided. And this one village had the orb. And unfortunately, another village came to steal it and the orb got shattered. And every village got one shard of the orb. Uh, Okay. And now, now at this point, when that happened, because all the power was lost, um, the creatures that came into the world turned all the humans into stone for the most part. Some people didn't get turned into stone. Most did. So this is about a girl named Rhea. She wants to go out and find the last dragon. I believe it's named Sisu. Um, I'm, I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, it's, it's Sisu. But uh, the main character is uh, Rhea, of course. She is played by Kelly Marie Train. Tran? Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie Tran. Tran, yeah. Uh, yeah, from Star Wars. Um, and boy, she, she's great in this. So yeah, she goes on a quest. She finds, uh, the last dragon and they're going out to find all the, uh, shards of the orb. They got to steal it. It's kind of like a heist movie in some ways. Oh. When they get the shards, uh, Rhea then can have the power because each dragon had a different power. Like the first one she gets, she can shape shift into a human, which uh, awkwardly kind of looks just like Aquafina almost, but with some crazy hair and like each, each orb has different powers and it's like shit. They have to steal it from people. And along the way, they, they meet some villains, they make some friends. There's a lot of stuff happening. And I, I will say the visuals of this movie are stunning. Like the world, the, everything. Oh, man, it's so fucking beautiful. That's awesome. The people, I feel like, could look a little cooler. But hey, whatever. It's all good. But the dragons are so unique looking. They're unlike dragons that you, you would picture from like Game of Thrones or medieval movies. They're more... I don't know how to describe them. They're pretty, pretty cool. It's one of a kind. And like, it's heartwarming. Like you want to cry sometimes you want to cheer sometimes, but the characters are cool. Like nice. uh, one, one person they join up with is a little boy who runs a ship, which is uh, he sells food off of. And then they, they end up taking him. They go along another place. They want to sail an orb. They're swindled by some, by like three monkeys and a baby. And then they join forces. Oh man, I don't want to, I'm spoiling <laughs> things here, but it, it's adorable. And the one okay. thing I got to give Disney, very inclusive. Like most of the cast is all like of an Asian descent, except for one character who's a pet named uh, Tuk Tuk. 
of course, voiced by Disney's favorite Alan Tudyk, who it, he doesn't talk. He just makes noises. But oh. I got to give Disney props for having actual <laughs> nice. Asian people playing these characters. I, I like that. Just the story itself. It's great. I, I, I know I'm just saying the same shit back and forth, but it's definitely worth 30 bucks. Like if you can get to a theater, check it out. Damn. I would like to see it in the theater, maybe 3D. But if you even got like two people at home, that's the price of two movie tickets. If you get a whole family, it's like, fuck yeah, throw the 30 bucks at it. Or if you don't trust me, you can wait. But I'm going to give this movie 3.5 slices of toast as well. Like you gave Snowpiercer. Oh, I don't know awesome why I'm not giving it for something's holding me back a little bit yeah but it was and it's weird this is another movie where i watched one night after i came home from work and i didn't fully finish it and then i went back and watched all of it today and i'm like i'm so happy i did that because what i when i first nice oh watched i'm like ah fuck this movie but uh i will say i think what's holding me back from the point five slices calling it a four they spend a little bit too much time in my opinion building up to because it starts off with Rey as a child with the orb getting shattered and then it jumps forward to like seven years later or some amount of years later. Now it's like a dystopian future, but I feel like they just set things up. It took a little bit longer. Like I felt like it took like a half an hour to set things up and I'm like, I don't okay. need that. And I could totally be wrong. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a long yeah. time. But, Interesting. Okay. Well, my, my next film is, it's not going to be so uh, bright and shiny. It's going to be painting a much darker picture. That's for sure. Not a horror, though. This one's going to tell about a piece of human history. I feel like isn't highlighted a whole a whole lot, especially in cinema. I'm talking about the 2018 film Black 47. This is telling the story of an Irish soldier who was fighting for the British crown during the era of the potato famine. And upon coming back to his homeland after serving overseas in many different countries, just trying to make money to help out his family he's discovered the home that his family lived in the land was taken back by the landowner and they were kicked out his mother died his brother was executed his sister-in-law is destitute with her children they're barely scraping enough vegetation from the ground around them to try to eat so they don't starve to death it's horrible and he's clearly in some type of way uh, our, our main character feeney and it's it's clear he's seen some shit. He's he's not a very old man, but it's it's one of those. He's just kind of has this thousand yard stare. He's got a big old curly beard. I know you'd he's, you'd love this guy's beard, Adam. <laughs> he's nice. come back home and he's tired. You can tell he's gruff, and he's not coming back home to a welcome sight. It's starvation and death all around him, with the exception of some like British noblemen, the landowners. He finds out the name of the person who's taken taken his land and wants to do something about it. Quickly over the course of his uh, arrival back to the village, the home that his sister-in-law is living on is being reclaimed by the same landowner. And his nephew is killed in front of him. His sister-in-law and nieces are left basically to freeze in the streets. He gets thrown in jail overnight because he attacked the police, the constables that were quote-unquote carrying out their duties. And the next day when he tries to return, he finds them frozen to death in the frame of their home because they, as a part of their punishment, they tear the roof off the cottage. They can't hold heat. That's what kicks you out on the streets. They take hatchets and they cut the roof up. So you'll freeze. Oh, it's horrible. They offer you no chance. He's pissed. He goes off the rails. He goes to the nearest, essentially in the nearest police station. And he overpowers the constable in front of him. He ends up slaughtering 
all of the police in this police station. Now, when I say police station, it is kind of like an outpost in the out in the middle of. It seems like it's out in the middle of nowhere. They, you get a nice wide establishing shot that there isn't another home within eye shot of this building. He kills twelve of these cops, and it cuts to this badass wide shot of him riding horseback, and you just see the whole structure of flames in the distance, and it's, he's taken all of them down, and he's out for blood. One of the cool kind of hallmarks of his character is that he carries, uh, I think it's called a kokiri knife. I believe this knife style comes from Indonesia, where it's a, it, it's like a combat knife that has a curved hooked blade leans forward. It looks like something you would see a character use in like an Indiana Jones movie or something. Clearly, this is a trophy. This is something he got from the field of battle. Now, the British, they're kind of pissed that there's this psychopath ex-ranger going around cutting up people keeping order. So they send after him this this tracker, this guy who's ex-military. He's good at finding people. And this character is played by Hugo Weaving named Hannah. Come to find out... He's not just a tracker who's ex-military. He actually served alongside this guy and taught him a lot of what he knows. So we kind of get some of that classic story of master apprentice and the apprentice usurping the master. Now, it's not directly, he's not seeking out Hugo Weaving's character. He's just trying to track down the judge, the, the courthouse, basically the structure that killed his family. And he wants to seek, uh, seek out revenge. Um, as he's going along, he's he's coming, he's getting closer and closer to the landowners, and he's seeing more and more of his people starving. And uh, we see Hugo weaving alongside this uh, British officer he's assigned to, to as they're trying to track down uh, Feeney. We're we're kind of seeing this like gray area line of well, he's working for the crown. He he feels for the plight of the Irish people, and it's awful just to keep watching all of these people starving around him. And it, um, I got to say, going into it, I wasn't really 100% sure what I was getting into. I just thought it sounded interesting, and the trailer caught my eye. I do really enjoy Hugo Weaving's acting. I would say you have to go into this watching this like it is a Western. No cars yet, and we're still using single-shot muskets, but structure of society is kind of into that point. It, this was a very intense film. It had an awesome pace. The visuals were very intense for as bleak, as the uh, the frame always was, the picture they painted was never a bright and sunny one, but it was a very well-painted picture. Like, the, the frame always looked very cool. The performances were fantastic. Uh, I will say it got a little... There's a few parts I did have a little trouble keeping up with the dialogue. About half the movie is, like, I, I think Gaelic, I believe, is the language uh, that's being spoken. Oh. So I, I, yeah. I wasn't quite ready for that. I assumed it would all be in English, but I liked that there is a strong distinction because there are English characters that demand you speak to them in English. And as a fuck you, he doesn't, he keeps speaking to him in his native, his mother tongue. And it's, yeah. it's, it's just, he has these cool cowboy moments. And I, I gotta, I'm going to hit that, um, the Western note again, because it's very much how it felt watching the whole movie whether it was gun battles on a horseback or a shootout in the main, uh, the main city streets, um, even the hand-to-hand combat, just the, uh, the, it was actiony and dramatic. You, you felt the gravity in every scene. Even, even scenes where you weren't outright seeing kills on screen or combat, I loved the tension that was built up. And we didn't even need to outright see the violence because I felt it. I felt the intensity. I felt the horror that the character was going through. And I loved the journey that we went on. And it was 
it honestly surprised me for being something that I kind of just added randomly because I watched a random trailer one time. I was very pleasantly surprised. Black 47, I found that on Netflix. And I'm going to give that three slices of toast. Uh, if you enjoy uh, Westerns or you enjoy this type of period piece, uh, like a revenge thriller, I strongly recommend it. Strongly recommend it. Not not a story I was See, expecting. I'm so. going to say. Oh, yeah. What's that, man? When you first were like Black 47, I'm like, yeah, that sounds kind of lame. And when you just said you got to like Westerns, you got to like period pieces, I'm like, I don't like any of that. But the description of the shit that went down on this flick sold me on that stuff like the the intense br- brutality and whatnot and uh i gotta say you, you did say i'd like the beard so i, I did some snooping i did some googling <laughs> and, uh, yeah this guy's got some sweet beard like the mustache portion of the beard so thick and and like the the, the shape and the structure of his beard it's like groomed perfectly but it's, some like shots gnarly. it's a little more grizzled it's good and uh right? agent smith yeah yeah it's like it's real looking it's, it's intense and like I, I do, it looks I do like they've like been living beard. out in the grizzly, wilderness, but it is grizzly. It's mm-hmm. and uh, and I will say Agent Smith, yeah, he has a beard. His looks more tamed, but uh, yeah, no, you're right. The beards are pretty good in this one. He is playing a British character, so he he's supposed to be a little more put together, you know. So, yeah, that's that is Black 47. Fair enough. I also watched a movie this week about another country. Oh, I watched a movie about a an African land called Zumanda. And, uh, oh, okay. This, this is the sequel to Coming to America. Yeah. The film Coming to America with a two, the, the numero two in between America and Coming. So this movie uh, picks up in real time uh, about 30 years, 30 something years after the first film, uh, which also was reviewed last week. But uh, you guys won't know anything about that. But um, yeah. But who hasn't seen Coming to America? Probably a bunch of millennials and Gen Z's. But uh <laughs> You hear that millennials um, shots fired. This picks up later. Um, (laughs) It's on Amazon Prime. You got it, kids. It's a good movie. It's an 80s movie. I get it. It's not modern day. But um, Prince Akeem is married to the woman he he had married at the end of the last movie. He has three daughters, no sons. His daughters are raised kind of like him. They they train for fighting. They train to take over Zumanda later on. (laughs) Uh, But what happens is... James Earl Jones, uh, King Joffrey, is is dying, and he knows he's dying. So he tells Akeem, hey, we found out that you have a son, a bastard son in America. He could be the heir to the throne. And you're going to want this oh. because chances are when I die, you're going to get assassinated. People are going to want to have control of our country because I'm a strong leader and you're kind of soft. And he's like, yes, I am kind of soft you got to get your son here and he can be the heir uh, because girls can't be the heir to the throne. Even though his daughter, his oldest daughter has been training to be the heir to the throne. She's willing to marry someone, but she wants to keep the bloodline alive. But um, so needless to say, he decides to go to America, but he's like, I didn't have relationships with anybody except my wife, but it turns out. Yeah. Okay. Played by, um, I don't know why I forgot Arsenio Hall's name for a second. Semi, you know, when oh. in, in the first movie, they're, they're on a bunch of like fast paced dates where you hear a woman talking to him. It turns no. out Semi talked to another lady at the bar and her friend. They got Prince Akeem high and kind of he was taken advantage of by a woman and he didn't know that it happened. Oh, no. Okay. He goes to America <laughs> to meet this kid. We find out this is a regular guy 
he's trying to do right this kid he doesn't know his father his uncle raised him play greatly by tracy morgan it's always great to see tracy morgan and things <laughs> awesome he had to drop out of high school to help his mom pay the rent uh and and whatnot and uh wow. this kid and he's he's trying to get he, we meet him he's in a job interview for uh i believe it's a, a cell phone company of, of sorts and the guy who is interviewing him is this guy from SNL called Colin Jost, who also was in Tom and Jerry, which I reviewed no. last week. Things are coming full circle <laughs> that you guys will never know. About. He's like, so, uh, oh, you don't have a high school degree. Must have been tough. Do you do you know your dad? Is he incarcerated? And they're like, no, I just he was never in the picture. Like, oh, your mother need help paying the rent. Uh, is she like addicted to crack or oh anything? He's like, no, she just worked as hard as she can and it wasn't enough. So pretty much this guy's just trying to run through the gamut of like, oh, you're black. So this is it. And, and then the boy's like, screw this. I don't need this job. I bet you're probably your your father left you a bunch of money and whatnot to uh, make this company. He's like, no, it's actually my uncles who happen to be the guys from Trading Places. You see, they oh my this, God, this cell phone company. That's and they funny. Them. And there's a painting of them above <laughs> it. That's great. And like, he's like, I bet you're going to have someone scrubbing through your social media because you're probably in blackface somewhere. And he's like, well, I was Aladdin. Sorry. I was Will Smith from oh, Aladdin. No. So I wasn't blackface, but I blew over that. And so it was just a bunch of like him being like, I here's all the things white people. And it's like, good. Yeah. Stick it to the white man. And I like that. So he doesn't get the job, but later on we see that he sculpts tickets outside of like Madison square garden. And, uh, so semi and Akeem go there and, um, they're like, hey, you're my son. Why don't you come back? I want you to be the heir to my throne. And he's like, you got to come meet my mom. And like the mom is played by Leslie Jones. And it's like, what? She doesn't look like she aged at all from the flashback because they did one of those CG flashbacks. But it's still like, whatever. <laughs> it's cool. And she's like, oh, my African prince. Yeah. You guys were trying to pretend that you were a prince and you were his royal guard. And he's like, I am. And like the son's like, I'm not going anywhere. I don't believe this. And then uh, semi has a suitcase full of like gold and cash. And he sees like uh, Akeem's face on the gold. And he's like, oh, shit, this is real. <laughs> so him and his mom go to go back with them. And he has to go through uh, training to be prince. This kind of feels a lot like the whole time. I'm like, this is like the male version of uh, Princess Diaries. You call this Prince Diaries because <laughs> it's like that's funny. And like, uh the rival country that wants to attack, I don't know, like political party or something category of land. Yeah. Is, um, is the brother of the woman that Eddie Murphy was supposed to marry oh. the first one that was jumping around like a dog. Yeah, yeah. And he's played by Wesley Snipes. And he, he's, he's pretty funny. Nice. Wesley Snipes. But, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm here for blood. And they're like, what? Like he wants to try to get, uh, he's like, you screwed my sister up and you see her. She's still barking like a dog and whatnot. And uh, it's funny. I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm giving you the whole plot to the beginning of the movie. I'm sorry. Let me get to the point here. It's arranged that the his son is going to marry Wesley Snipes, daughter. So that way it evens out. And of course, he realizes, oh, this is the same situation. This girl is bred to be my my queen. She just wants she doesn't have a personality and he wants she to. Wants Find a girl yeah. that's made for him. And now Eddie Murphy is doing to yeah. his son what his father tried to do to him. Mm -hmm. and, ah, exactly. Okay. All right. All yeah. right. And like you were supposed to bring change to this country. His wife's like, and you've done nothing. You won't let your daughter take over. You're, you're making your son do the same thing. So, yeah, it's kind of a play on that. It's kind of a rehash 
of what happened in the past, but it's modern. And oh man, the first, like there's like random cameos, like salt and pepper. Do you like, <laughs> cause uh, James Earl Jones wants to do a funeral for himself before he dies. And they have, you, you remember that old song? What a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. They have what a King, what a King, what a mighty good King. And like Gladys Knight does a song. Morgan Freeman's given a whole like sermon for him. It's so many just, random just and wacky cameos, like, and, and like, you get all the, yeah, he's like, and after the, the king has died, people even stopped having sex. They were so sad. Like, it's just like for a while, they don't show him <laughs> and they pan over and is him. Oh, man, it's great. It's fan service to the 10th degree, but it's also it's interesting because we're now in the country that we heard so much about and didn't see so much. And we're seeing it from a fresh set of eyes. Oh. So it's cool. It's fun. It's funny. I laugh a lot. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, I'm going to give Coming to America three slices of the toast. And I'm going to oh, give nice. the original Coming to America 3.5 slices. So you can see there's a little disconnect. I was a little harsh on it in the last episode. I, I gave it like two and a half slices. But Dennis, you talked me up. It does deserve like three and a half. And this is a slight step below that, but it's still really good. You should check it out. Nice. I'd say I'm genuinely pumped for this one. I I'm going to watch this one very very soon because I I love the first one. It like you had mentioned again in the mystery 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 episode 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 that it it's one that was kind of like on in the house a lot. Like I, you kind of almost tune it out because it's like in the background a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for me, this was one of those films. And but it's also like mm-hmm. uh, kind of like when I watched uh, Trading yeah. Places you're really looking at it again with that lens. You're, you kind of, you pick up on a lot more and it's like, Oh my God, this is, it, it, it is a very richly, <laughs> what am I trying to say? It's a very rich comedic film. There's so much for you to savor that happens. Yes. And they still play it up. Like they, they're, they're like, you're seeing more at McDowell's. Yes, it still like, exists. There's product placement. They're like <laughs> Pepsi. Official drink of McDowell's. Yep. And like there, there's one in Zoom, Zumanda, like uh, and there's a scene where he's talking to his father-in-law and his father-in-law is making a McFlurry thing. And he's like, yeah, like me. He's like, you got to be you got to be the man you're, you're meant to be. You got to change things. You you think I stop when McDonald's tried suing me? I told them everything's different. Like my McFlurry here. They put their ice. They put their candy on the top. We put ours on the bottom and then blend it. And you see him like the whole time. I'm like, shit, do they get a McFlurry? What's the name of it? And when he said McFlurry, I'm like, oh, that's genius. McFlurry. Uh, Louis Anderson's back. Everyone's back. <laughs> oh, real? Oh, that it's is like, so awesome. It makes me wish oh. I went to the pop up when they brought it. Yeah. Oh, oh, that is the so only cool. cameo okay. they don't have, which I wish Sam Jackson wasn't in it. Sam Jackson's still been in it. Oh, damn. And for people who, who want heads up, there is a. There is a post credit scene. Nothing amazing, but a post credit scene. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like there's just been a really lack of seeing Eddie Murphy on screen. I love his performances. And I, as much as I enjoyed seeing him in the Netflix film, uh, Dolomite is my name. I, I want more. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, coming to America was a fun romp. Yeah. That's a great example. Dolomite is my name. One of, one of my tops of 2019, he was great in it. A lot of the same cast from that are in this. And the director who did that is the director of this. So it's kind of oh. a little crossover action there. Perfect. But um, there's there's a big finale. There's an ending in sight, Dennis, that we got to talk about. Are you prepared? Oh, I'm prepared, sir. I'm prepared. Is the audience prepared? Are you guys ready? Because it, uh, it was intense. You know, we're here for those of you goodbye for the rest of you 
we're there. WandaVision, let's do this. Let's jump in. Come on, folks. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't watched it, if you have, Spoiler all right, alert, let's, we're, 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 we're diving in. This is the last one. This is number nine, folks. You're just going to have to wait till the mystery release of the episode eight <laughs> comes out because fuck that one. We're going right to the finale. We know, we know you're already there. We know you're that, you know, you know, we know you're there with us. Fuck it. Everyone knows if they're fans of the show, they're fans of that show. Yeah. That show. Yeah. They got to know what's happening. They, they probably already watched it. So let's get into it. Agatha and Wanda are duking it out. Fucking witch versus witch. <laughs> now we got vision versus vision. <laughs> the vision and the conjured vision what? are fucking now, which I got, I, I got to say that was one of my favorite fights. Just every time we cut back to that, mm-hmm. the fucking, the teleporting, yes. the clipping through visions, clipping through visions was awesome. That was such a cool way to have <laughs> characters fight each other. I mean, they're, they're yeah. so equally matched with the very slim exception of one of them has a soul. The other one doesn't. And it, it plays out and it has such a huge advantage over the other, or at least a fragment of a soul. I don't love one of them knows love. No, no, I, th- I think you're dead on. You're you're great. You're right there. Like, oh, man, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. Like, we, we find out that Agatha only wants to help by taking the power away from Scarlet Witch. She wants to be the Scarlet Witch, and she wants to relieve the pressure that fucking Wanda has on her. And so she's like, hey, you can give me your power, and I'll take the burden off of you. It's all good. Yeah, it's like, I'll, like, I'll, yeah let you, you know I'll let you Fuck stay it. here with that, your family. That does sound good. Yeah, it's like you could live here with your kids. Yeah. You and Vision can just you can just keep doing this. But give me your scarlety goodness. <laughs> I at first, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, given the way Wanda's and been carrying still- on, it, it would make sense why she would consider that option. Like I, I, I well, otherwise, why would we have the whole town to begin with? We, we wouldn't be to this point if she hadn't considered this as an option. You know, she's tried to stay here. Which already. also before this happened, uh, we, we find out that that uh, Agatha is like, hey, you are a villain. You, you you masquerade as if you were a good person, but you've trapped all these people here. They're all miserable, and they all, like, are put out of the train. She's like, fine, I'll let them free. Yeah, and they, like, she starts, like, lifting the veil. Letting and these people, lit. like, it was... That was intense. That was a good... And, and, and as again, she's doing that, she's series, also losing her children and her husband. She's beginning to, to allow the world shrink. It's it's almost like you could tell she's losing her focus. Like be, she can't divide her attention between the size of the walls, the size of the, the quote unquote, the show, like she's established over Westview as well as combat Agatha. So those walls are shrinking. She's starting to try to let it, you know, kind of let go because they are made of the world. She made them in the world. This is, they are only characters so they too, like Vision, was disintegrating when he tried to leave. They're coming. They're coming apart at the seams. Um, every time Wanda casts a spell against Agatha, a part of her literally dies to the point to where her hands are starting to wither and turn mm. black. And she's she's showing the wear of of uh, her her life being sapped out of her. And it it has been revealed before. Agatha is very well versed. And being a witch, she she has had formal training. She's literally she literally had a book that she was able to reference that has told her about <laughs> explaining dark magic. And this is how she actually reveals to Wanda that she is the Scarlet Witch. It's like she shows her the page in the book, like, look, 
this is what you are. You are chaos magic incarnate. <laughs> you are what we've prophesized should exist and we've never even seen. But it's that that final battle. Last week's oh, Yes. That, but and and which which also establishes that rule, which is runes. Were a witch to cast runes in a room or any given space, only the witch who casts those runes can cast a spell. Ah, uh, 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 we didn't remember our lesson, yeah. uh, Agatha. That was such a badass uh, reveal. Mm-hmm. I didn't see. Yes, because yeah. the whole time. You were saying like she was shriveling up her hands, so her magic was kind of hitting the walls of the of the veil that she put up, and it's like, oh, she's missing Agatha. And then once Agatha fully had the power, she was like, yeah, you know, I promised you could live here with your family, but guess what? I'm gonna leave you a shriveled old witch. And 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 that, like you said, she's like, no, 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 yeah, I cast this this power yes. now. You have no power. And it's and her. I love it's that so reveal because it's one it's one of Wanda's powers that. Although we've been looking at it all season, um, the whole series is actually based on this aspect of her of her ability that I feel like hasn't really been used in this manner since she was in X-Men. It's that it's the gift of illusion. And she presented to Agatha's mind what she wanted to see. So Wanda then reveals her her hands never withered. She she wasn't dying. It was mm-hmm. all her illusion to then turn the tables and she owns her. And that was such a great I loved her that overpowering. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was satisfying. That was so badass. Although I will say, I enjoyed the final showdown with her and Thanos a lot more. Like if she did half the shit she did to Thanos to Agatha, that would be even more intense. But what we got here was she more tortured her because after all this went down, Agatha is like, all right, just kill me. Just end it. And she's like, no, no, I'm going to leave you living here. You're going to be the nosy neighbor. You've been pretending to be. Yeah. I'm torture she, I love you that. for the rest of your life. That was great. That was a, that was a great the damning the her to the hell that she created while still freeing the rest of the town. So the rest of the town will just accept mm-hmm. her as one of the citizens and she just gets to be stuck there. But man, oh man, dude, this the the and by the end of this episode, I was I felt so sad, man. It's like I didn't realize this. Like, yeah, we knew this was about her coping with the loss of vision and whatnot. But like having to like put her kids to bed, saying she loved them, thanked them for being her kids. And then her and Vision having one last kiss yeah. as she knows the world is just caving in on them. I was heartbroken, man. That was did not expect to fail like that by the end of this episode. It felt well earned. Mm-hmm. They tugged at your heartstrings right at the end. And it, it was it, I got to be honest, though, it just ramped me up for the, the next entry in the series. Not just uh, not, not just more Wanda itself, but more of this corner of the universe. But yeah, that was that was awesome. I do want to I do want to drop in that uh, yeah. one fun little tie in the book that's being read is actually in the Marvel Universe or established in the comic book version of the Marvel Universe. This book was actually in the same possession as Red Sanja from the Conan universe. Uh, this is a pre Hyborian age artifact, actually, that is more ancient than Conan himself. So this this is an artifact that has popped up in many of the sword and sorcery kind of comic book series throughout the Marvel universe, but it predates every main Marvel character by many, many years, at least the object itself. They created it a lot later. It it does try to tie in these other 
corners of a uh, comic bookdom that I thought that was kind of neat. A little, little an- another reference back to old shows and such. So Conan still hasn't died. He still lives on and more random shit. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, another character I really loved the entrance on this one. Darcy fucking oh. uh Kat Dennings when she just crashes into the fucking back. Gotta be honest, I'm like, kinda forgot great. about her until uh the truck until that truck entered frame. I was just like, oh yeah. She just, I had literally right. said out loud, she made it back to town, finally. <laughs> and the churro truck yeah. or whatever it was, that was great. Uh, uh, now now a couple of things I want to ask you about. Like, so Paul Bettany uh, said that there's a big actor that he was so excited to work about. And everyone's like, Oh, is he talking about Dr. Strange? Who could it be? Is it going to be someone from fucking X-Men? And, and he admitted before WandaVision, the finale came out that it was him that he was just pulling everyone's tail. He's like, I worked with myself. How'd you feel about that? Were you kind of let down or were you? I mean, I was kind of hoping we were going to see one of the, Maybe not an Avenger, but like I was kind of hoping to see Doctor Strange. <laughs> like I was, or even if not him, someone else from his universe. That would have been nice. Just let's start mm-hmm. steering in that, that direction, or or maybe something of something Mephisto like. See, all right, let's say that. A lot of people really thought he was coming, and I'm like, I hope he doesn't. And he didn't, and that made me happy because everyone expected it. How'd you feel? Were you let down that he didn't show up? I didn't need, okay, let's put it this way. I wouldn't need to see Mephisto because that would be too much. If you're trying, if, if, the, if the long-term goal was to make Mephisto the next Thanos, then you can't fucking have Thanos, like, all of a sudden play a heavy part in mm. the last, like, the most of Thanos we got when we first saw him was a post-credit scene sitting on a throne on a rock in space. That's mm-hmm. it. And, and that was after what? I Avengers, think, yeah, right? I think that I believe that is at the end of the Avengers. And it's like, I would have been fine with even less than that, you know? Like, even if it was just seeing a, a red clawed hand or a, a, a tail, I don't know, a, some kind of cackle, something, something that looks like hell, a place that looks like hell. I don't know. I want to. If if we, if we yeah. just started, if we just teased that direction, I don't need to see him. I don't need to, you don't need to spell his name out for me, but I was kind of hoping for something like either Mephisto or Dr. Strange. I was a little bummed we got none of that. And then instead we got fed like yeah. the Boba Fett teaser at the end of Mandalorian. It's like, ah, but there's going to be another show. Don't worry. And it's like, but I don't get that right now. You know what? I would have been happy. I would have been content even if it was just Falcon and Winter Soldier setting up that show because it comes out in like two weeks. But they didn't True, even give us that. But for me, know. the thing would be is why would we be seeing them? Without shoehorning it in, it's like unless they are doing work for Sword or Shield has a reason to be there as well, then it's like or maybe, you know what I mean? or, or maybe this the whole thing about that show is Captain America is not Sam Wilson. Captain America is played by um a different guy. He's 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 going to be a US military guy. So maybe they could have brought in the new Captain America to show up at the end of the fight or something. And it's like, wait, that's not Cat. That's not Sam. What the fuck? And maybe get us wondering oh, what's going okay. on. Oh, okay. Like know. at least like see the shield or something, you know, like where the mantle has yeah. been the torch has been passed on. But it's not the guy who we expected. Like that'd be a nice little teaser, I think. I don't know. Okay, not necessary, okay. but I would have, I would have appreciated that more than oh, Secret Invasion, because we already saw that at the end of fucking uh, Far From Home. It's like, all right, cool, we get that. 
Let's move on. I mean, we don't need that. But unless it's or give us something more. You know what I would have liked more? I would have liked more white vision. And, and, and yeah, you know, I, I keep gearing up for Mephisto, but maybe that's not at all. Maybe the next uh, multi-film storyline is Secret Invasion and like an actual Secret Invasion storyline. Well, well, no, they they said that's going to be a show though. So, but I guess that could lead into a movie. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They didn't have to do a specific thing leading to anything. At least we got left off on something fun with Wanda, and we know there's more Wanda to come. So, I don't know. I think that's all we need to talk about yeah. the show. Overall, I'd give it four slices four of toast. Slices. The whole show. I'm, I'm going to give I'm gonna, the whole show. I'm going to give three slices. Those, those okay. first, what, three episodes, I almost want to say? were a little rough to get through compared to how good the show gets at the end. But I think it was a ballsy, smart, like, move that only they could pull off, and they did. And I don't know. I, I felt like just seeing different genres of sitcom, that I enjoyed liked. it. It was something no, that different liked. for me, but I guess that's that's, that's one thing. My my thing was leave, starting us off too blind. Yeah, they, they come in True. late, get out early. We came in way too late. Before the story started, <laughs> like before they started feeding us the story, I just it, we did we were we were in that moment for too long. That that feeling they tried to give us right. instead of spanning three episodes, I think should have only been the pilot, mm-hmm. and then we should have started moving on from there. Okay. I don't know. That's where that's where I, that's why it loses a slice for me is because we took too much time give, doing that stuff. I want to know, uh, audience, uh, if you guys are still listening here, thank you. God bless you guys for listening. I don't know why I said God. It's not a political, by political, I mean religious show. Um, thanks for listening. But um, let us know what you think. Do, do you agree with Dennis, a three slice, or me, a four slice? Or do you think it's somewhere below that or in the middle? Uh, you can get at us on all the social medias. I'm talking Reddit, Discord, Twitter. Facebook. Instagram. All at movie underscore toast. Now, Facebook, sir, is movie at movie toast news and review. Like but I'm talking about the at movie. Toast. Yes. Which like we said earlier, check out youtube.com movie toast news and reviews or search toasty talk. Check out what we're doing. We want you to be a part of it. Hit us up on the other socials. Let us know or really in the comments. We're like, I want to do this with you guys. But uh, Dennis, tell them about what we're still working on. The grand scheme, our end game for fucking December, what they the should final do. conflict. You mean the big boss battle? The fucking, the the last yeah. level? Oh no, we're talking about Movie Toast, the festival. So come on over to filmfreeway.com and search for Movie Toast, the festival, and you will find us there. We're doing our first annual festival and uh, we're still taking submissions. Uh, there is a small $15 fee, which is a lot lower than many of the other festivals available. The sooner you submit, the better. The sooner you submit, the cheaper it is. Uh, there's still a lot of room left. We, we would mm-hmm. still love to have your submissions. We have been getting a lot of them and thank you very much for submitting, but we're ready for more. We'd, we'd love to keep taking it. We, yes. we want some healthy competition. We really want, there's some of this stuff is really close. So <laughs> please give us more, throw your hat into the ring. And if you have already submitted, thank you guys. We totally appreciate it. We dug everything we've seen so far. It's going to be tough judging and deciding who gets in and who doesn't get in. But right now, what we have is some primo shit. And thank you guys for uh, applying to the festival. And if you're listening to the show still, thank you. Totally appreciate it. Absolutely, folks. 
Yeah, sorry for the for the weird scheduling this last couple of weeks, but you know you can always rely on the toast. We're we're gonna keep serving it up for you. I uh, hope you enjoyed this week, Adam. I, I know I had fun uh, watching these films and reviewing them with you. Bittersweet that getting through that last one division, but I'm sure we'll have another show around the corner here to to bring these folks. But uh, I like to toss out a little little Falcon and oh, Winter Soldier ooh, personally, yeah. but oh, we don't yeah. have to. You know when that comes when that comes down the line. We know when that comes live. We'll, we'll be we'll be feeding your cinema universe uh, watching folks. We're we're gonna keep the segment alive. T- tell us what. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier. What? What else? What other series based on a movie that are upcoming or ongoing do you want us to talk about? Ooh. Hit us up. Let us know in all said places, please. Yeah, like should Dennis get HBO Max? Should he? Should he watch? Should we do a Snowpiercer? Neither of us have seen it. We've seen the movie. That should would be fun. That, but yeah, there, oh, Mighty Ducks. Mighty, Mighty oh, Ducks. Mighty Ducks. Yeah. That? I don't we, know, yeah, we should. We should be hit up. Uh, at least hit up that pilot for these fine listeners. Yeah. Um, but before we get ahead of things yeah. that aren't even posted on our streaming services yet, uh, we got we got a lot more movies to toast. That's for sure. I know I got a very very hefty watch list to get through. So I got a wimpy 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 hefty, one. But you hefty, got a hefty, 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 hefty. Magnum, magnum, magnum. Nah, we we both got some good <laughs> stuff coming. Up. We do, we do good stuff. <laughs> well, dude, uh, that that was a good one. That was a solid. A solid stack of toast for him. Yeah. As always, everyone, I hope you uh, stay toasty. And you know who else? The other post-credit scene, the first post-credit scene, um, who really, really, I was proud of fucking Wu commanding the scene oh, yeah. afterwards and like just being a badass. I, li- I would like to see him be like the guy in charge, you know? Yeah, like he should be the sword yeah. guy, which they kind of set up the sword show or secret invasion show. We find out that one of the agents is a scroll talking yep. to Monica Rambo, inviting her up. To space. And it's like I, I, it, yeah, it felt, I felt a little heavy handed in that. Okay, we're setting up a, the series, and we're gonna go watch Monica be a badass up in space. It's like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just hand fed that to sure. me. Did it need to be a post credits? Like, did you need to try to slide it in the middle there? You could have just gave that to yeah, me up front. I, I was ready so. for it. I like Monica's a badass. I would love to see more Rambo. Yeah. She's a killer. She's and I want to see more of her powers. And I, mm-hmm. I and there, again, the the frequently referenced mystery episode. That was one of the things I said is finally getting to see her like flex her muscles and like use her powers in that manner. I want to see what else she can yeah, do. It's not the birth of yeah. a new character. Let's let's find out the limits of what she can uh what she's capable of, you know? 